guys. Welcome back to the Pause Reviews Podcast, the podcast where a movie guy and a theater guy tell you what's worth watching on all your various streaming services. As always, I'm your host, Frank, joined by my trusty co-host, Tim. Yeah, I, I think uh, this week we're going to live up to um, you know the, the kind of ideals we set for ourselves last week uh, early in this season, where um, we're going to lead you through some popular things, and uh, you know we, we promised you that everything in our deep dives would be things that we vetted and we can vouch for and really like, and we take some chances in these rewind episodes, and you might not come away too happy with this one, <laughs> <laughs> or you will because maybe we'll help you dodge a few bullets. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think you said it best in a text earlier where the title of this episode should probably just be, meh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These happened. These happened to my eye holes. Yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of nice, um, too. I, 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 was, I, I felt really diligent this week. I was, like, chewing through these. I mean, to be fair, I do have a little bit more time on my hands still, you know, um, when I'm not asleep. What um, is wrong with me that the the first time dad who has an infant child is like, oh, I'm swimming in time. Whereas <laughs> I am struggling. So it's Tuesday. It's, yeah, it we is. normally record on a, the goal is Sunday. It's usually yeah. Monday. Uh, it's now Tuesday. And it's all my fault because. Well, I, I mean, not really. I, I did dude. tell you, you know, I called you last week. I was like, hey, Sunday's a holiday for, you know. Bro, I wouldn't have had people. this done. <laughs> like my, the, the problem was it was getting through these movies and yes. it, uh, strike, you know, issue one was finding the time. So I don't I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show just yet, but the big news is that Alyssa and I just bought our first house. Yeah. And so we've got that going on. I mean, we're not moving until like, you know, later March, maybe April or something like that. But it'll be here before you know it. I know, it always is. But between that and kids and work got crazy and all this kind of stuff, the struggle was real this week yes. to even find the time because normally when I would sit down to watch the movies in the evening, I was, dude, I was exhausted. So out the gate, I was struggling to find the motivation to sit through a two-hour movie. And I was skeptical about all of these. Having yeah. watched the trailers, you know, especially the the two that we chose for this week, it's going to be, you know, those were ones that I just did not have high hopes for out the gate. So, sure. so finding that motivation was difficult. Finding the time was even more difficult. Finding the energy was difficult. So yeah. here we are on a Tuesday. And I say all this because, you know, this house stuff, work stuff, kids stuff, none of this is going to get any better anytime soon. <laughs> and so I'm just asking you guys bear with us. We're going to focus all efforts and energy to make sure that we are dropping brand new episodes every Thursday, maintaining our release schedule. And that's going to be like our focus you know watching the content and getting stuff together for the episodes so you know this is all basically an apology because instagram that kind of stuff has really fallen by the wayside it, it's it's coming back it's coming yeah. back ride the wave yes. with us it's gonna just get better and better as we go but your patience is greatly appreciated life finds a way life is still happening through all of this <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of how you know take like, it easy there yeah. dr malcolm right <laughs> it's like yeah we're pumping out the podcast but life is still happening it is so, yeah you know. it's absolutely true unfortunately this is not my job <laughs> this is my art no, I'm just 
So, um, all right. So with all that, let's dive in. This is a rewind episode and I'm super excited because in the last week we've actually gotten a couple of listener requests. So we're going to do two this week and then two on our next rewind. Plus as many, as many more as we get, please keep those coming. So this week we're going to talk about four movies. The uh, the two that we wanted to watch were Locked Down on HBO Max and Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. And I wanted to watch these because they were fully written, filmed, financed, released during the pandemic. Yeah. So this is a really unique situation for all of us. It's absolutely a unique situation for filmmaking. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are movies that are, you know, uh, Mission Impossible is in production. Mm-hmm. Batman is in and out of production. There are movies that are still trying to do it as close to a traditional way, big blockbuster motion picture type thing uh, yeah. as they can get. But these were done totally differently, and, and and I was interested to kind of dive into those and take a look. So we're gonna chat a little bit about those and and this really bare bones style of filmmaking yes. during these unique times. Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting idea because it's just sort of, sort of always been in my mindset that you know great art comes out of great adversity, right? Like mm. it's just sort of been a theme that I've experienced or that I'm familiar with, you know, you get a lot of, you know, classic music has come out of, you know, the sixties and the Vietnam war and, you know, the summer of love. And then you get into the the seventies and the eighties with, you know, punk and, you know, response to the Reagan era. And then the nineties with, you know, late nineties, early two thousands with the Bush era and things like that. Um, but then I think personal experience in college, my junior year, they shut down our theater building and I was a theater major and we are supposed to produce and direct a, a, a show as our final thesis. And we don't have a theater now. And they said, found spaces. You are going to direct or, you know, or produce a show in whatever space that you're allowed to do it in. And so we had to find shows and still do this thesis. And it was like, the, you know, there's this adversity that we're coming up with. No other classes had to deal with that situation. But you know, can you do it with, you know, uh, a glue stick and a box of croutons, you know, or do you need the millions of dollars to do it? So all mm. of this is super fascinating, you know, whether it's it's the art perspective of this this time producing quality art, music, plays, screenplays, whatever, um, or just, you know, uh, let's see what we can do. Maybe we can fix broken problems with Hollywood, right? Maybe we don't need all this overproduced stuff. Maybe some good stuff comes out of it. So I thought this was really cool and a really interesting kind of thing to look at with these two movies. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to have this conversation. So I said we've gotten a couple of requests, listener requests, and we're going to tackle two this week. So we got uh, a request to watch the movie Sorry to Bother You, which is available on Hulu, and the movie Guns Akimbo, available on Amazon Prime. So let's jump in to our first movie, which we're going to be talking about Locked Down. I keep wanting to say Lockdown, which actually was the original title, but it's Locked Down. Yeah, and I kept searching for Lockdown, and I don't know what's going on with my... my Roku, but all of the movie years are wrong when I search on the on the Roku itself, like search for a movie. So it had this movie as like 1998 and uh, Malcolm and Marie as like 1969. <laughs> and I was like, what? Are these remakes? This can't be right. Like, mm. this, yeah, mm. 
And then when I click through, it takes me to the right movie. So I'm like, yo, Roku, I don't know what's up with you, but this is not right. Come on, Roku, <laughs> you're better than this. It's like, I'm pretty sure Zendaya is a lot younger than like 50, 60 something. <laughs> now she looks fantastic. <laughs> All right. So Locked Down, uh, this is starring uh, Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor mm-hmm. and, and a ton of other people make cameos. Uh, Mindy Kaling. Ben uh, Kingsley, Ben Stiller. Ben Kingsley, yeah. Ben Stiller. Yep. So it is kind of jam-packed with people. These both of, This is true of both of these movies, but as I mentioned, they're fully produced, written, during the pandemic and you know noble efforts i think on both yeah. parts to try to keep people working i mean you know this industry shut down and, and sure it's easy to think about the anne hathaways and the chiwetel Ejiofors and the uh john david washington's and right you it's easy to think mm-hmm. about the one percent who whatever right tom hanks ain't feeling the pinch you know these people yeah. aren't feeling i mean they're they're not having their creative fire stoked but they're fine, right? Yes, right. But there's a lot of gaffers and uh, production crew, camera folk. Like, you know, there are people who really, I mean, this is a freelance industry, essentially. Yes. Right? And you're only, you're only feeding your family as long as you're working on your next thing. One thing ends yes. and you're on to the next project. And so when this thing hit, man, like so many people, uh, you know, it really affected 98% of the filmmaking community because yes. that's who makes up these production crews. You take that down to, you know, events industry, theater industry, all that stuff you see behind the scenes. There are, you know, at least one, if not more people that run all of that stuff. And that's why, yeah. you, you know, you, everybody sits there and glosses through or shuts off Netflix when the credits hit. But those are all the people that are not working. Right, right. A lot of people. So huge. Before we before we get into what we thought about the product, honestly, like enough kudos can't be given to yes. the folks behind these. I mean, especially Malcolm and Marie. I mean, Zendaya like single handedly almost brought this to fruition, you know, yeah. really working hard to try to get a project off the ground that they could produce safely and yeah. keep the people from her euphoria team working. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which, which is really, I mean, it's so commendable. And, and it's just not something that they needed to do. Uh, right. But the fact that they really thought about that, we we really got to pay, you know, pay mad mad credit to, to that um, before yes. we tear it apart. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that grassroots that I was talking about, right? It's like, let's take it back down to bare bones and see what we can do with it. It, it takes you back to the art that, should be at the center of the industry you know an industry that a lot of times is lost in cgi and remakes and reboots you know people complain there's not a unique idea anymore well now's the time to to try some unique ideas yeah yeah i mean there's nothing else to compete and we'll almost take anything we can get right (laughs) so why not roll the dice all right so locked down as i said anne hathaway plays a character named linda and chiwetel ejiofor plays a character named paxton they are in a relationship you know i guess sort of dating we'll say long term i think we find out later in the movie they've been together about 10 years yeah i think they decide that they you know later on they're partners partners is how they yes exactly so they've been together but now during lockdown they they broke up essentially right before the UK lockdown hit and they are forced to stay in their house together for two weeks. Yep. 
in the, in sort of rehashing all this kind of stuff and and living with all this resentment and all that kind of stuff it, from this forms a heist movie yeah i was really actually thought this again was the roku issue and in brackets it was like you know uh what did it say i don't know i don't think it said romantic comedy but it it, it definitely had slash heist and i was like huh what do you mean heist so yeah it 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 takes a little bit of an odd turn yeah so jumping in tim i guess well first of all overall what were your thoughts on this movie liked it didn't like it indifferent it 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 ends up being a tale of two movies right i i think overall Hmm. the the negatives really outweigh anything positive because of that turn it takes i don't feel like i could find myself recommending this is nowhere near a must watch uh it's uh you know if you're starved and you need something sure this is set in the early part of the lockdown right this is set in like march of last year when we were all kind of under that assumption that hey two weeks let's buckle down we'll be you know back to, to to normal by easter or whatever it was sort of nice to commiserate i guess you know and maybe i'm a little bit used to that because some of the shows that we we've we watch that are still in production their seasons started very covid relevant so i feel like it's in the zeitgeist already and it was kind of like you know if this feels familiar you know you feel the tensions of living with a partner everybody early on was like oh i'm stuck with my partner you know my chris and i never felt that way we felt really lucky to be with each other but you know you could commiserate with these folks they were trying to work and people are getting furloughed and people are frustrated and they can't leave their houses and um you know so early on you're like okay I can relate to these people. This is very relatable. But when this turns and they suddenly come into this opportunity to steal a diamond and they steal it and it just works out and there's no questions asked and nothing changes. They're just kind of right back where they are at the beginning of the movie. But now they have three, two million dollars, three million dollars at their disposal that they can't use Uh, it just all the wheels fell off completely at the end of this movie and just ruined whatever sort of good momentum was starting at the beginning i think you're being much kinder than (laughs) i think i planned to be i i really really struggled with this one Um, yeah you know, I'll save, there's a little sugar. I'll save it till the end, maybe, just to sort of end on a high note. I, I hate sure. being super negative. And it's so easy to criticize the things you don't do, right? I mean, yeah. again, they managed to make a film, and that's a huge yeah, well, achievement. In, in 18 days, um, right. you know, they, they strung this together. Um, but you feel that. You feel yeah. that it was 18 days. Like, there yeah. weren't enough rewrites. There wasn't enough time paid to this and and so to kind of i don't know outline my feelings number one so strike one for me was the pandemic storyline i'm not trying to make a blanket statement that i'm i'm opposed to you know referencing what we're all going through in content but that is not why i'm sitting down to watch a movie right now right fair point yeah do i need a pandemic movie set so uh, literally in the pandemic, you know, watching people stuck in their house, not being able to like, like 
struggling to get to the grocery store six feet apart all of this hugely important right empty roads you know massive isolation solitude zoom meetings talking to people online right this is my living nightmare right for the past year this has been my life i am tuning into your movie desperate and hungry for anything honestly i was kind of looking forward to this one because i was like a fun heist movie but great give me something to take me away from this living hell and when the credits end right and the movie starts it's like watching my actual life. It was a nightmare. It was like an inception fueled nightmare within a nightmare that is just going to feed my my nighttime nightmares. Like this yeah. was awful. I, I would like to think that you would be better at a heist than they were in this movie, though. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about some of the specifics. Look, if a heist is this easy, I'm certain I can do it. Right. <laughs> like, certain. I've never been more certain of anything in my entire life. But yeah, you know, I think that's a huge, a huge miss for me. Watching a movie right now that is so literally pointing to my everyday life was mm-hmm. not appealing. That was not appealing to me at all. Take me away. Make me laugh. Show me something else. Remind me of life before this. Give me hope for life after this. Don't just sit me in the here and now. Because the here and now sucks. You know? And and so out the gate, I was turned off. And it it immediately tainted and soured my view of this movie. Sure. And if you weren't at least you know, okay with the first half of this movie, the second half does nothing to redeem (laughs) any of it. (laughs) Because again, that's what I said. That's when it all falls apart and you're just totally unrealistic, unrelatable nothingness. um, That's just frustrating. But to the heist, right? Because I think lockdown be damned at this point. You you know, they, they get this opportunity and Hathaway's Linda works for this multinational conglomerate that does merchandising No stuff idea. And events, because she fired the events crew. Uh, yeah, right. it, it, who knows? And, you know, it sounds like she's in London, but it's not necessarily a, a permanent uh, assignment. Um, well, she's the CEO of the UK office. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's been given the option to, to go back to New York at some point because you know they want her there, but also maybe her boss has a thing for her somewhat. Uh, it, it. Just real quick, a quick note, because you've touched, you've, you've hit a couple of, of points, essentially dead ends. Yeah. And that is throughout this movie. And a massive criticism is there are so many things that either come out of nowhere or yes. lead to nowhere. This opium like these poppies that are growing in their yards. He uses them to go to sleep one night and basically tells us that he broke his 10 years of sobriety. Mm -hmm. But like, again, they serve no purpose. He doesn't like use the opium to drug, you know, some security guard somewhere or like it never comes back into play. And then you mentioned this, you know, this, uh, this big, big boss, right? There's a guy yeah. in Paris or Germany or whatever who runs the entire conglomerate. And it comes out of nowhere that he wants to bang Anne Hathaway and is 
putting her up for promotions and stuff that she's, yeah. but there's just no real setup for that. So you just keep finding yourself stumbling on random plot points that then just get ignored or glossed yeah. over or whatever. So anyways, and, it's, it's a huge even, negative. Yeah. And not even to mention, it took me a long time to figure out their relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah so, close some loops. Like, right. Take us on a journey with a genuine destination. So you, you're spending a lot of time trying to figure all this out and they're presented with this opportunity of this heist where she's like, hey, I got to go down to Harrods because we got to get our valuable merchandise off their floor for this company we represent. And there's a $3 million diamond and a fake diamond. And if I go, we can switch it because you happen to work for the delivery service that was hired to, you know, move this up to the air- airport. Yeah, and he's like, okay, but like, what normal okay person <laughs> is just like go, makes that leap, right? Without a bigger impetus of just kind of currently being slightly unhappy at their job. Well, and I think that leads perfectly to my issue, which is why are these the people that I want to see successfully pull off a heist? Yeah. Right. right? Like, you know, if I'm if I'm going to root for someone committing a crime, like there better be some sort of Robin Hood mentality there. Right. Like there there should be there should there needs to be an Ocean's Eleven element to it. Yeah, There needs to be an, an even greater good that makes me totally turn on every moral fiber that I have in my being and say that the ends justifies the means. Right. Because that that is counter to everything inside of me. So right. you need to convince me to shut that off and follow you on this journey. And and the pitch that you make is this affluent woman who is the CEO of a multi-billion dollar conglomerate whose uh, partner I mean, sure, he's having it a little bit tougher. Sure. But is a fully paid guy during this pandemic, and and his only real struggles and conflicts are of his own making and his yeah. own criminal choices. Mm-hmm. And, like, right? Like, he's he's struggling to uh, further himself in his career. In, well, in his professional life in general, he's a courier, essentially, and he handles, mm-hmm. like, low you know, low priority stuff because he can't get a security clearance because he beat someone to within an inch of his life while he was an heroin addicted, like biker gang guy. Right. 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 And so this is what you want me to buy into. Right. But he's so dry. He's so dry. So dry. And so I, I really, really struggled with that. Meanwhile, I mean, yes, there's like a throwaway comment. Yeah. So the diamond, as you mentioned, is worth $3 million. The plan is to steal it and sell it. First of all, you're going to get the full value of the diamond on the black market. Like it's worth yeah. 3 million. And that's what you, that's not how that works. And, and you know, somebody who is definitely going to buy it from you. And sure. I mean, no he, I fast. guess he addresses that. He's like, I, yeah, uh, when I was a crappy dude, like I knew crappy people and I still know this guy, he's still doing awful things. He'll totally buy it. So, right. but whatever, fine. Let's just accept all that. So they do a throwaway comment that they're going to give a third, $1 million to NHS and then a million for each of them. But you just fired like eight people. You watched a guy's kid. Like your goal is not to steal this and give money to the people who are hurting. You're keeping it for yourself so that you can quit 
your billion dollar job and paint like this this is what i'm supposed to feel for it is so rough it is so rushed it is the pieces don't connect you leading and and where does he go they don't run off with the three billion dollars and escape and flee to some non-extradition what no they're in their apart they're in their their flat they're in their they house couldn't, they couldn't have been easier to find uh, if they had left directions yeah when someone apartment. is like why didn't paxton bring back the van and, and uh, dude, there's so many problems in this movie again too three million dollars right $3 million, of which you're only going to see one. And that's assuming that you're selling it for its full value. Right. Um, they are treating this that, like, on $1 million, they can quit their jobs, retire forever, and live their dream life in London, right? Yes, London yes. is not, London might as well be DC, LA. Like, it's not cheap to live there, right? right? So right. you're going to live in London on a million dollars. That's gone. That's gone in a year. Assuming yep. you can eat, what are you going to do with a million dollars cash? You can't just take it to the bank. You can't just pay for a house. You can't just pay for stuff with cash. Nope. So you're treating this as if, like, this is your end-all, be-all ticket, and that's just not that much money. Like, why isn't this diamond worth $30 million? You know? So, and then and then the last thing, too, is this story between Paxton and Linda. It's yeah. so choppy and confusing. Why did you break up? You broke up. Why? Because he stopped being a drug addicted criminal, mm -hmm. and and gave you ten years of boredom, and and then and so now you want to leave him. And the reason you're into him again is because he's a criminal again, and now you yes. are too. And right. it's such a mess. It's such an absolute mess from start to finish. I think the saving the 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 saving parts of this are the good intentions of just mm -hmm. making the movie at all. I was surprised, actually. I thought the pairing of Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor wasn't going to really sync up. And, yes. I, and I was worried about that. But that didn't happen. I actually felt that the chemistry between them felt relatively genuine. Yeah. Right? Bad writing aside, I could buy the fact that they had been partners for 10 years. I could... <laughs> I felt the the divide and and I wanted to see them come together. It mm -hmm. wasn't a failing of their acting ability. It was absolutely just a failing of the writing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right that you know in a normal time you have some rewrites and things that it could have been cinched up a little bit. There's just way too many loose ends all over the place to make it feel any sort of coherent and that relatability that i was finding in the first half just dissipates and falls apart and i'm left so confused about just how everything is fine and dandy by the end and yeah there's no consequences there's there's nothing there's no consequences and even you know the relatability of the pandemic falls away because everybody's bustling around Harrods. It's closing down and they're not wearing masks. And I mean, I guess sort of when I stopped going to work, we weren't really wearing masks as much, but I, it just, it, it, it was just weird. It, it was just weird. No, it was. I will say the other saving grace too is that, or the other positive, um, the production value is reasonable. 
Yeah. It feels like a movie. Um, yes. Minus having the bulk of the characters appear via Zoom and computer. You know, it's it's worked in, given the, the setting, obviously. Yep. Um, but these people are not on set. But in terms of seeing Linda and Paxton together on screen, it's... It's the production value that you would expect when they're on set at Harrods and all this kind of stuff. It feels like a movie um, yes. versus maybe what we're going to talk about next, Malcolm and Marie, which feels a little bit more indie and, and low budget uh, right. than yep. this did. So, um, you know, I, again, just trying to find some some gleam on the turd, but you can yeah. only polish the turd so much. It's still poop. I will say, I, I think from what I was looking at, this one was a little bit more favored um, amongst the general public than the next one we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, which, uh, but critically, probably... I think it's different. Yes, yeah, like exactly. This one's in the forties. Malcolm and Marie's like in the high fifties. Yeah, so we're, there's a little flip on both of these, and I think Frank and I are going to come down on the side of the critics uh, for the most part with these. Well, I think yeah, with this one, like you said at this at the at the top, the bad just isn't it. It's just too much. It's too much to overcome by yeah. the very little bit of good. Um, and so yeah, I put this firmly in the do not watch, skip it. It's just not worth the time. Like, not even for a fun bad movie. It's not yeah. even a fun bad movie. It's just a bad movie. And it yep. makes you feel like crap because it's like watching your life. Yeah. Uh, Minus the heist. <laughs> right. Ultimately, this is one of those movies where I think they got to 40 pages of script in and realized that they were running out of time to establish anything and, and just threw things together as quickly as possible. Yeah. So moving on to the next one, Malcolm and Marie on mm -hmm. Netflix, starring Zendaya and John David Washington. Um, and it just premiered like a week or so ago. Same same kudos, right? Yeah. As we talked about, written, produced, directed, everything shot, released, financed, all during the pandemic. But this one takes a totally different stand and doesn't depict it in a COVID world. Yeah, but is a totally, you know, it's it's just a standalone movie. Which uh, after, especially after watching Locked Down, it immediately raises it in my book because it at least took me out of my world. Yeah, I was very surprised. I was actually thinking both of these were going to be COVID related, um, you know, subject wise. So I was surprised when this wasn't. But yeah, how much of that can you really can you, do you really want to get into? You know, one was fine. Two would have been uh, 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 way too much. Well, and in comparison, so it was originally reported that lockdown was filmed on like a $10 million budget. But I think they came out and said it was much closer to $30 million. Yeah, I think they said it. the budget started with a three. <laughs> yeah, so now, but this one, Malcolm and Marie, was shot for two and a half million dollars. Yeah. So definitely way, way more indie feel to it. The, uh, the IMDb sort of synopsis is a filmmaker on the brink of Hollywood glory and his girlfriend, whose story made his career, find themselves pushed towards a reckoning as a single tumultuous night decides the fate of their relationship. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so essentially we find we come into this story in progress yes. right malcolm and marie are returning home from what we find out is his film premiere it was mm -hmm. successful it was well received you know he's feeling pumped and amped she gets pissed off because he didn't thank her in his you know little speech to the crowd yes and then and that continues to 
you know, rise and fall as the night continues as new things come to light. We find out more about their past. We find out more about her past, you know, uh, her addictions, um, her insecurities, her acting career, his failures as a screenwriter, as a filmmaker, as a director, um, his aggressiveness and, and mm-hmm. abusiveness and and you know all these things kind of come to light and and we the fight evolves and and continues on um yes. i want to say i i liked it it's it's not it's not a light watch right no it's very no. dark it's hard to watch but it there is an art behind it yeah very much so i it, this to me is a classic living room play this is a play right oh yes like so much so that i was like i had to look this up and i was like they just wrote this right this isn't an adaptation because this feels like you know uh uh who's afraid of virginia wolf or something like that right where you have these two characters you like you said you come in the middle of this and this is all about them this is not about anything else, right? Right. There's nothing else is going to happen. We're in this set. We've got, you know, the bedroom, the living room, the bar, the outside. We're going to move throughout this home. But it's all about coming into their story. And this is only really going to be as strong as the two leads make it, right? It, that That is them holding this together. And when you had texted me, so I think I'm going to try and get through two today so we can do this on Monday. And I was like, don't. <laughs> don't don't do it because it, it, this is it demands attention. So I think because of that, right? I don't think this movie is for everybody. Uh, it is it is art. It, it is art school, very film school esque. You know, the black yes. and white kind of leads to that. But this is not your. You know, I'm going to pick this up and watch this on a Tuesday night for fun kind of movie. This. This is this is deep and you have to pay attention to it. And there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of heavy dialogue and a lot of quick dialogue. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny the choices that they made when I watched it and immediately the black and white struck me, but not so much artsy. It struck me because it's cheap. It's cheaper mm-hmm. to process the, the yeah. film in black and white. So out the gate, if you're going to do it on film to get that artsier feel, uh, doing it in black and white saves you a crap ton of money. But it also elevates sort of the tone that you're putting out there. That stark mm-hmm. contrast also, you know, those really dark blacks and the really bright whites, it really like mirrors the stark contrast between the characters in this movie it elevates the fight it feels abrasive it feels stark right Mm -hmm. um and so it's a it's an absolutely beautiful choice now in terms of the writing it does suffer from being Mm -hmm. such a short turn being a pandemic film to me my biggest criticism is that the whole thing feels very hyperbolic right Mm. The fight itself, out the gate, it, it feels real in the sense yeah. of like, I could totally see my wife being upset by something like this. I think I'm a decent person. I would apologize. You know, Malcolm is a total ass, right? Yeah. From jump. He is so aggressive. And, and we kind of learned that about him. But she has her falls too. Mm-hmm. I, I think that what I mean by hyperbolic is just that like it escalates so rapidly, so quickly and so extremely. 
Mm -hmm. These are massive, massive things that they're throwing at each other, haymakers. And it just doesn't feel entirely real. What it felt like to me more than anything, it felt like a kid. It felt like a 19-year-old wrote his first play. And this is what a 19-year-old thinks like a grown adult couple would fight about and like what a bad fight would be you know it's like oh you're a whore oh you're a druggie oh you're and that's just not the reality it kind of reminds me actually of twilight i know that sounds ridiculous but hear me out okay (laughs) but it's when you find out that twilight was written by a grown woman i don't know i was shocked because watching (laughs) it it felt like this is like this was written by like a 15 year old girl and this is what she thinks love is right yeah. this is what she yeah. thinks adult love is so finding out that it was written by an adult woman you're just like what is happening and that's the same here right to find out that levinson wrote it is just kind of like but you know people don't fight like this like, right like right. these aren't real things so anyways that would be my only criticism i think and but i agree with you because of that this is not something for all. And I think the people who don't, this is one of those things that you either, I wouldn't even go so far as to say love, but you appreciate and, and respect the art that went into it, or you just hate it because it's not enough movie and it's too much. Uh, it's, it's just, it's character driven, it's mm-hmm. dialogue driven, and it's yep. a play. If you can't appreciate theater, you'll never appreciate this movie. Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, uh, I struggled a little bit with the real time element, right? I found myself kind of going along with Mm. the, you know, they get home at one o'clock in the morning and the movie runs about an hour and 58, I think. So it's close to three o'clock by the time they, they call it a night. And the ebbs and flows in the energy, I never felt like it was that late. I wanted to feel a little bit more exasperation at times. You know, they, they were they were having it out quite well, but it never really felt like 3 o'clock in the morning to me, right? You know, they were doing a lot of right. things that would seem odd <laughs> to be doing at that time of night. Uh, you know, that's a minor criticism. I, ultimately, if, if you can appreciate, like you said, the character-driven and the acting – it's definitely a movie for you. But if you want something where a lot of things are going to happen, this is not going to work. I, there were some absolute brilliant scenes. Um, Zendaya pulls a, um, she comes, she goes off screen for a little bit. She comes back, picks up a knife and she starts delivering this, this, this monologue where you could be pretty certain she's about to lose it. Right. We've established at this point, she's, you know, had some, some, you know, mental struggles. She's had drug abuse and she picks up a knife and you're kind of like, Whoa, this just took a turn. And I got clued in pretty quick. I was like, oh, no, no, no. She's, she's trying to prove to him that she could have been in this play in, in his movie. Right. She's, she's like, this is a movie about me. Why didn't you cast me? I was like, mm-hmm. she's reciting the line from the movie. And it was still so chilling though, because you weren't a hundred percent sure. And when she drops that knife, like a mic and she's like, mic drop. Yep. Like, told you. Was, oh, nailed it. I mean, dude, she got me. You're so right. There are real highlights in this that if you're watching uh the the part where she she confronts him and point blank is like, "Tell me, can you tell me that this movie wouldn't have been better with with me?" 
Yeah. And, and he's like, no. Like when yeah. when there are certain times where she gets him to admit or to uh not admit but to to accept or confront the truth that he knows in the back of his mind but is being so defensive about because it would mean admitting his own shortcomings yeah. and reliance on her and he does that it feels visceral and real and they are genuinely great moments i am yes. not a massive john david washington fan he is spectacular in this zendaya i'm a huge fan of she brings it in this there are there are moments where it feels amateur lightweight whatever mm -hmm. um sure. but there are moments where these two just elevate their performances to the stratosphere and you yeah. are left like i there were times i was left jaw dropped just yeah. absolutely spellbound watching them work on camera and i want to give him his due too i think his big scene comes when uh you know he finally realizes the uh the the review has been posted for for one of the reviewers that that kind of came up in their fight um not somebody that you're clear already he's made clear he doesn't respect her opinion right he's like she's not gonna get it she you know she's young and she's white and he's like she's 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 not gonna get it and she gives it a good review but nothing that she says the movie is thematically is what he feels is the movie thematically and he just goes off on it and zendaya's like uh, this is you when you get a good review i don't want to see but you know yeah. as an artist you can relate to that right you put your work your heart and your soul into some kind of into a project and then you put it out there and your control is done right you've been like i've said everything i can say about it and unless you're gonna write a, a review of your own work or, you know a compendium and, and say this is what i meant by all this it's open to interpretation right and he just gets so mad and he's going off screaming at two o'clock in the morning about how she doesn't get it even though she gave it a great review and said he is a tour de force and like this is his defining moment he's miserably upset about how wrong she is about the themes of this movie and he is just like you you feel yourself not breathing with him as he is just going off on it yes yes <laughs> yes great. absolutely so. breathless scenes and he and i it's so true because it doesn't matter if somebody said 99 glowing things about your work yeah. you are going to fixate on the one criticism and it's it is a very accurate portrayal of a creative mind dealing with external critiques of his work yeah. especially people who he doesn't deem as in his field right it would be right. different if his peer was doing it maybe um mm -hmm. so and but again it's masterful it really yeah. is masterful but yeah. certainly something that if you can't appreciate theater and this very much feels like someone recorded a play yeah. and and here we are you could easily adapt this and see it on a stage and and oh with you ease. know again you know for me I can appreciate it and I can find things to appreciate about it. Overall, I mean, I think all things considered, it's good. Is it a must watch? No. Again, because it's a certain type of person. It's a certain yeah. type of thing. I mean, if we are hurting and you are struggling to find something, definitely watch this over locked down for sure. Um, you know, this is probably the, the second uh, the out of the four things that we're going to talk about one of the two that i would recommend if you want to watch something go ahead and watch it but it's not again it's not 
a you know Saturday night at the movies. This is this is something to chew on. This is this is um, not light fare. No, agreed. And I think that if you are into stuff like this, you're better off watching something truly done by a master. And you know, watch Fences, right? Mm-hmm. Watch yeah. Denzel Washington and Viola Davis in the film adaptation of August Wilson's Fences, and you're yes. gonna see a masterclass of playwriting adapted to the screen that is going to give you drama and, and relationship con like just conflict you can't imagine. And it's yeah. just thought out and well-developed and it's going to make you feel awful and crappy at the yep. end. Whereas, you know, this feels like a poor man's fences. This feels like a rush job, you know, a modern day, a millennials take on something like that just very little thought given um so and i think because that it's you know it it, i agree with you it's like is it a must watch no are you hungry for something new and you're interested maybe you just want to support the effort that was made to to uh employ these teams Mm -hmm. absolutely give it a watch let netflix you know invest in things like this in the future Um, is it worth your time? Sure. Is it going to rock your world and make you like see everything differently? Probably not. Um, but again, I, I would avoid it if that kind of stuff is not, uh, is just not your bag. Like if theater and, and these dramatic relationship dives, uh, watch something else. Just watch an old favorite. (laughs) Yep. If you can't stand to watch people argue, don't watch this movie. Yep. All right, so that's it for what we're watching now. Let's touch on two requests that we got from our listeners. The first yeah. one is Sorry to Bother You, available now on Hulu. And this one was requested by my good friend, James. Mm-hmm. So, James, yeah. thanks for the request. Sorry to Bother You stars Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson. Uh, Steven Yoon is in it. Army Hammer is mm-hmm. in it. Yep. Uh, Terry, Q- Terry Crews. Danny Glover each make quick appearances, which is mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So the IMDb plot summary is, in an alternate present-day version of Oakland, telemarketer Cassius Green discovers a magical key to professional success, propelling him into a universe of greed. I struggled with this one, Tim. It's billed as a dark comedy. It's very on the nose, right? He's a telemarketer. Yes. He has to use a white voice in order to make any sales. Uh, Danny Glover's the one who kind of points him in that direction, and and it's sort of this this view of capitalism and and how how we have to, you know, essentially like white ourselves to mm-hmm. to get people to trust us or to buy things from us or to see us as relatable. I mean, yes. I say us, I'm not black, but I am a person of color. Anybody who's grown up slightly, you know, my dad's always had an issue with some of the things that I, you know, I, I have earrings or I've had a mohawk and it's always been like, you're taking those earrings out when you go to that interview. Stuff oh like yeah. That, Your right? tattoos you know, aren't going to show, are they? You're, exactly. Yes. yes right. All of that. It's very, very relatable in terms of that. So not necessarily, you know, a minority thing, though. That that's the angle that we're going at with, the, you know, within this movie. Right. No, absolutely. I think that's a solid point. But I, but I guess my issue with the movie was, I felt like the story was one worth telling. Yeah. I felt that the way they went about it was just way too over the top. To yeah. you know, I didn't really find it 
funny or satirical. Mm-hmm. It, nope. it felt over the top just for the sake of it, right? With no real... And then it takes these turns. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, the movie suddenly becomes a creature feature and it just doesn't even really make sense. It mm-hmm. is so outlandish and garish just because. It was almost like, let's just see how much we can throw at these people and 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 how long they'll stick around, right? Yeah. And it doesn't really further the message. It doesn't really further their points. Yeah, I mean, I think when you and I talked about it before, I think you can find other movies with some of the same social commentary that are just done better, you know, whether that's Get Out or... Yeah, um, Jordan Peele you know, stuff, yep. Yeah. This one just made me feel uncomfortable. And I, I, I can get it. I think, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably, well, it's the idea. But but I'm not talking about the themes, right? Because the themes are, they're, they're obvious. And like, we've had a, a year um, of reckoning with this for people who are, you know, more sheltered than, than us, maybe <laughs> like, you know, but we're, you know, we have friends who have struggled with the, these themes and we've struggled with these themes ourselves in, in some, you know, some way. So none of this is new to me, but it, it, it's the, the, just a lot of the actual cinema elements of this movie were just uncomfortable for me. And I just yeah. never settled into it. There's a, a color palette to it. That's weird. Um, this idea of you know this slightly alternate universe but it was slightly too weird of an alternate universe but i can't really but also too real it doesn't fully feel like an alternate universe yeah it just feels like a wrong this universe right right like just something is one screw turn to the left too far right like but again like i said i can't put my finger on it um you know add to that like some of the weird the overdubs you know when they use these this white voice like i just didn't the overdubs bothered me i felt like all the other sound dropped out and it just i don't when voices are slightly off sync at all hbo max has this problem a lot of the times when i'm watching it shows will get unsynced i have to start them i have to close out and go back in yeah it just felt weird especially you know since we've been doing this and you've encouraged me to like don't do the dubs read the subtitle i just it it took me out of it every time they used the white voice and i was just like it's i get it i don't like it it just feels weird like production wise it feels weird and then like you said you're moving that into this body horror all of a sudden this movie flips halfway through it was just strange and and i really went into this thinking hidden gem Right. I've seen the title, mm. uh, you know, listed. Um, it looks like something I was watching. I'd watch. And I'm like, well, when you recommend it, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been kind of meaning to check that out. I bet this is going to be something I fall in love with. I'll probably want to watch it again. It's going to be you know, one of those things that I, why didn't I watch this sooner? I struggled to pick it back up. I watched most of it, had a half hour left when I had to go do something else. And I was like, oh, I got to watch it again. This one took I, me a while to get through. I think two yeah. days, two days. Yeah. And then <laughs> add in the fact that you got to watch Army Hammer in a villain role. It's just a whole new thing if you've been keeping up yeah. with the news about him. I, it was, I just missed for me completely. It really did. No, I, I think that's exactly it. Uh, you know, more than anything, like I said, like you said, it feels outlandish for no, with no real purpose. It's abrasive. It's hard to watch, which makes it hard to follow. 
um, you know, you just sort of get lost in the, it's muddy. It's just muddy. It's complicated. It, it just doesn't make sense. And, and I just never, I just never found an in. I never found a foothold that would just sort of keep me invested. In fact, when I took a break, I had a really hard time hitting play again. I just wanted to move on from it. Um, which is a shame because I think yeah. I think it's it's a story worth telling. I just think it was told poorly, um, and that's just not my jam. But it has, dude. It's like a ninety three on Rotten Tomatoes, so we're yeah. definitely in the minority. But I feel like the fact that we agree, I don't know. I feel like there's more people <laughs> than yeah, you think. And, and this is what I was saying earlier. This is the one that I. This is the first one I watched. Um, I kind of ran through all the descriptions with Carissa and was like, "Hey." Which ones of these do you want to watch in the evening? Which one should I make time for on my own? And she was like, that sounds terrible. So I watched this one first, and I texted you immediately after. I was like, this was wild. Mm. Completely wild. And I was I was nervous. I was like, I, was like, I, I, I hope, like, am I going to be wrong about this? Because I saw those, those, those reviews and those scores, and I was like, I must be lost. Like, something must be lost on me. I just did not like <laughs> yeah me neither man me neither i it, it's a real struggle to follow and and to stay with i, I def i would i wouldn't recommend it but I, i'll say that with a caveat because like 93 percent on rotten tomatoes i mean we're we're in the minority so maybe yeah. this is one watch it and see what you think this is certainly a conversation starter but but if you're asking me and and align with me on most things i i wouldn't recommend it i just yeah i mean like i said we are you know curating you through what to watch and what not to watch if you haven't and uh, you know maybe we're steering you wrong on this one i think we're 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 humble enough to admit it uh it just just doesn't work for me it just doesn't work so let us know like if you watch it and you think we are, you know, nuts, <laughs> I would love to know where I missed the mark on this. Not that I'm going to watch it again and find and find out. No, uh, I'll take I'm your all, word for it. I'm all set. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry to bother you. <laughs> Requested by James. Available now on Hulu. Our last listener request came from your buddy Eric, um, yes. who previously requested that we watch uh, True Romance. Yeah. And his was Guns Akimbo, which is available mm-hmm. now on uh, Amazon Prime Video. It yeah. stars Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving. Uh, yes. Samara Weaving plays a character named Nix. Daniel Radcliffe plays a character named Miles. And the general gist is Miles is trolling people on the internet. There's this thing called schism that exists, which is where it's kind of like bum fights to the extreme. Remember when bum fights was a thing? Yeah. Yeah, so like they pay criminals uh to fight each other to the death and people can watch that online so uh miles is trolling them and they break into his house knock him out and bolt two guns to his hands and he's forced to fight the best you know killer in schism which is samara weaving as nicks um so this one what were your thoughts? We'll keep this one brief. So it's interesting, right? So we did the two, you know, sort of pseudo-related quarantine movies. This and Sorry to Bother You sort of kind of have a 
kind of feel like they fit together a little bit, right? Um, In terms of like got, the manic kind of approach, yeah, yeah. A alternate, slightly off kilter universe. You have to stick with this one, and that's what I told you. I was like, mm. stick with it a little bit. Um, the first third, I it was just kind of like, ah, am I really watching this? And Carissa watched this one with me to her credit. I didn't think she'd want to, but until Daniel Ratcliffe wakes up with those guns bolted to his hands, I would have bailed once that happens. And he's trying to figure the situation out and the action starts. It's more fun before Hmm. that. It was weird. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. I haven't seen him in anything else except things where he has been his normal British self. And so I was really thrown off by him in an American accent. Not that it was bad. Dude, his accent was stellar. It's amazing. In the voiceover, I didn't even know it was him. Right? But it's weird. It's just my brain couldn't comprehend it. So I think had I been watching this on my own, I might have bailed. But by the end, I actually really had fun. You know, I didn't find myself being too critically engaged because there's not much to it right there there's it's very surfacey um there's some fun cameos i always love to see rise darby and things i think he is oh hilarious God. he's so good in this too he's so good i love his he has a podcast um uh, that is uh about uh cryptid creatures so you know bigfoot loch ness monster and aliens and things and he is just hilarious to listen to him riff in and of himself um, so I love that he showed up in this and he, his character was great. You know, Daniel Radcliffe trying to get dressed with guns stuck to his hand, trying to navigate everyday life. The battles were great. Um, I've said to you offline that Samara Weaving needs to find some other movies where she's not getting the, just the crap kicked out of her it's and so destroyed. Um, uh, she must love gore prosthetics because she is just covered in it again. I'm glad I stuck with it. I really had fun in the end. But again, if you're not into this type of movie, it's, you know, it's a gamer type movie. You know, if that's not your thing, it's, it's pretty graphic to a degree and and fairly predictable. You know, we pull some kind of tropey stuff with, you know, some deals happening off screen that, that, you know, we, we aren't privy to until after we're needed to know that stuff and some storylines that don't really go anywhere. Um, you know, about schism and Nix's background and her dad being a cop, and that doesn't really pay off. And um, in the end, nothing really happens. And it end, in the end, this actually sort of ends up being a, a superhero movie, right? Mm. So Miles ends up kind of being this vigilante um, that with a hell bent to shut down schism. So if you were to tell me a second one was coming out, I actually would believe you because it's sort of set up that way. So, I mean, it's fun if you're looking for something different, something energy you know completely opposite of malcolm and marie um go ahead and watch it i this would be the other one that i would i would recommend if you want to watch something and have some fun with it not a must watch but fun to watch i think you nailed it i have absolutely nothing to add i think it is (laughs) yeah i I mean it's exactly it is as advertised right Mm -hmm. this i when i watched it i was kind of in from the start you know there's sort of this it's an easy watch. It is very surface level. There's not much to it as advertised, right? This guy yep. starts some trouble. He's brought into this world. 
guns bolted to his hands. He has to kill people, gets guns off hands, you know, and, and, and that's essentially the gist. He, you know, there is, it's, it's very much in line with the movie gamer with Gerard Butler mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. death race, uh, with Jason Statham, sure. you yep. know, where it's, it, it is a video game of a movie. Um, yes. And it's it's that's just it. It's a beat 'em up, shoot 'em up with absolutely zero substance, absolutely zero storyline. Uh, you know, any real meat or mm-hmm. or value added. This is marshmallows. This is yeah. uh, you know, Milky Ways. You right. know, it it's gonna satisfy your sweet tooth if if what your sweet tooth is craving is things blowing up and people getting shot and 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 whatever else, it's gonna give you absolutely no nutritional value. It is empty calories and on a cold winter day sometimes that just feels good. Um, yes. you know, so if that's what you're into, if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're craving, you want to sit down and you want to watch something kind of gory, kind of gross, abrasive in in the sense that it is just manic color yes. palettes, you know, similar to, uh, sorry to bother you, just these very bright brights against these stark darks and, and just, you know, it is what it is, man. And if yes. that's what your body's craving right now, if that's what's going to take your mind off of everything else then this is the movie for you today. I would yeah. say, uh, I, you know, I do recommend it if that's what you're into. Um, uh, it's certainly what I'm into from time to time. I wasn't mad that I watched it. Available yeah. on Amazon Prime, no harm, no foul. You know, unlike some of these other ones we watched, once it ended, I was fine. It was, yeah. it was fine that I watched it. Um, it gave me nothing. It fed me nothing. You'll forget it as soon as it's over. Uh, but you know, it's fun. And, and Daniel Radcliffe in the role is kind of, he's kind of what makes it fun. It's not that he's a revelation or anything, but it's different. He ain't Harry Potter. His accent is stellar. You know, it's funny and witty in a weird way. Uh, yeah. Watching him put his, trying to get dressed, trying to do data, answer the phone. It reminded me of being in college when, you know, you would tape forties to your hands and play (laughs) Edward 40 hands and you have to drink them before you had to pee or else you're going to piss your pants or someone's got to hold your dong. So it's like, you know, so it's, these are just all the things that, uh, the scene with Rice Darby, where he's just like, you want me to wipe your ass too? And he's just like, you know, that would be a big help. And he's like, stop, (laughs) you know, it's, there's just, there's really great moments. Um, and it delivers the notes. It promises no more, no less, uh, a must watch. Absolutely not. If you're looking for something and you haven't seen this one, give it a shot. It's, it's a, it's a chuckle. If nothing else, it's fun. It's a fun watch. I think I think I think we've covered that one perfectly. Yeah, that wraps us up. Quick rundown again. We did locked down. Tim, do you recommend the watch? Eh, you, you can pass on lockdown. Yep, I'm gonna say no on that one too. That one's an HBO Max original. We watched Malcolm and Marie. Tim, if you're in the mood and you know what you want to watch and you're into things like this do it yep you like theater you like plays this is the one for you we had listen requests sorry to bother you available on hulu tim me absolutely not but apparently 93 percent of other people say yeah so yeah prove us wrong <laughs> this one's hard i agree with you i am 
definitely in the minority on this one. I feel somewhat vindicated because we agree. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I would say no to this one. But if if you feel strongly the other way, this is definitely the. This is one of those movies that exemplifies why we have this podcast. I yeah. want to hear from you. Like, let's have that dialogue. Tell me what we're missing. Tell yep. me what we're not getting. Convince me that I should love this movie because I hate it. Um, yep. And then the last one we talked about was Guns Akimbo. We just talked about it now. We both recommend this one available yep. on Amazon Prime Video. And I'll post up images of these and whether or not we recommend them and where you can find them on Instagram later on today. So other than that, uh, next week is a deep dive. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to watch just yet. So let me kind of figure that out. I have an, mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of weighing one or two things. Let cool. me narrow that down to just one. And then we'll post on Instagram. We'll do like a Instagram live and some, you know, some kind of an image or something to let you guys know what we're going to be watching. So you yeah. can watch it ahead of time if that's what you dig uh, or just know what we're going to talk about. Other than that, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Pause Reviews. You can check us out online, www.pausereviews.com. And that has links to everywhere that you can find the podcast, which is on the Podbean app or literally any other directory, including YouTube. And uh, what else? Yeah, you can hit us up on email at pausereviews at gmail.com. Um, and that's about it, guys. So stay tuned for what we're doing next week. I'll have that out in the next day or two. Uh, otherwise thank you guys so much for listening hanging in there with us but we were really excited to touch on some of these listener requests and we hated lockdown so much we really had to spend some time on it (laughs) Uh, but I am your host Frank this is Tim and we will catch you guys next week until then uh, find something good to watch and let us know what it was we want to watch it too (laughs) yeah like it alright guys we'll see you peace